This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is the drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day, Morning Breath. What we do is take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time in the Word. Some uh, read it at night before they go to bed. Some read it in the morning. Some do both. But uh, we just end up where we read it on the air. And then I and my co-host talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor David Gammon. How are you doing, Pastor David? I am doing incredible today. I'm super excited to be here. I mean, we got Romans 8 today, so I'm very excited about that. Super, super uh, yeah, it's famous incredible, chapter. Yeah, it's incredible chapter, yeah. It's like in the Hall of Fame chapters it is, yeah, it in the is. Bible. For sure it is. It's got so many cool and powerful things in it. But uh, tell folks how they can get on board and know which chapter we're in each and every day. So we want you guys to jump in and use this as a, either a daily devo or just, man, maybe even a small group. Who knows? But the great way to plug in is go to our website, eccc.us. That's e3cs.us. You'll see a morning breath tab. Click on that and you'll be able to see um, all of the chapters we've gone into, the ones we're going into. You also can um, see what else we have going on at East Coast. You can call the church at 321-452-1060. But the best way, hands down, to get morning breath, to get anything from the East Coast Christian Center uh, church, culture, community is our, get our app. Go to you wherever your mobile provider is for apps and get our East Coast app. Get it on your device. You can see the messages we did that weekend. You can see small groups that we have. You have morning breath on there, scriptures that heal are on there, a lot of resources for your walk with Jesus. We try to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry with that app. So There you go. Hey, and we are... Uh opening up uh, our, our indoor church services. Yes. Really want to say this to start out, though. You know, Paul had some really wise things to say about how you reach people and how you help people to move in a direction together. He said things like, to the weak we became weak, to the strong we became strong, to the brother that didn't want to, didn't like me eating meat, I just stopped eating meat. And I paraphrase there, but the point of the matter is, we are just trying our best to not be divided. Because, you know, we get divided on something like this. Oh, there are churches that open, and there are churches who didn't. Or even among our own people who go to our church, well, I'm, I, they, aren't they ready to come back? Are they going back already? You know, hey, we're all in a different place. What I'm saying right now is that we just need to love one another. Come on. We shouldn't divide over anything. If you are comfortable coming back, come back. If you are not, watch the online service and be involved in online church. It's just as much a service as anything else we're going to be doing, and we encourage you. We're grateful for you being involved that way. If you're comfortable coming, you come. Now, when you do come, we'll have a lot of our people using PPE personal protection equipment because we're making room for anybody to come and feel safe. We just made a purchase for about $1,200 worth of a sanitation, uh, you know, cleansing, all that stuff. We had a professional company come in, show us all the different chemicals and things we need to buy to do it in a natural, safe way. And so that was a couple of weeks ago now where we spent the money on that. And we've been trained on how to clean our building up to uh, all the standards that need to happen. So we're doing a lot of work that way. But I just want to encourage you, love your brother, uh, encourage your brother, don't look down on somebody because they do or do not. 
And it doesn't matter because you could look down on them for going or you could look down on them for not going or you could blah, blah, blah. Let's cut all that out. We are Jesus kids. And for those of us that go to East Coast, we're East Coast. And we Mm -hmm. love you and support you, whatever your choice is. And we want to try to supply for you a great experience with the Lord during the season of your life. You know what? There'll be a time when we look back at this and go, wow, aren't you glad that's completely and totally over? Amen. Anyway, love you guys and come on out to church. You can check on the app on what time the service is and all that that's out there. But at the Parkway, it's 830, 10 and 1130. We're having indoor services. Saturday is going to continue to be an in-car service for if you feel comfortable enough to come out but don't really want to get into a room and mingle. You can come out in your car and listen to it. Uh, we'll have uh, the music and the preaching on the porch. It'll be awesome. Also, um, our generational ministries will be launching back as well. The mezzanine, our, our young adult service will be back, and our TNT, our youth services at our Vieira location and our Mare Island location. So, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, if you're wondering where to send those teenagers or if you know a 20-something that also, too, wants to get back to church, those live services also will head back to their regular time and regular locations. Um, so, man, have them jump on in. It's going to be a good time. So we got uh we got Romans eight today. Oh, yeah. I got New King James version. I figured me I'd, too. I'd, I'd match. Me too. That surprises suits. me. Yes. Let's do it. Absolutely. Well, we got uh I got a break. I mean, they're nineteen or twenty. It's thirty nine verses. So it's a uh, I'd be and twenty is a little short verse. So I'll read through nineteen. You can take uh, the last nineteen verses. Uh, it'll work out good. Perfect. Well, then, Pastor Ann, I say <clears throat> to you, read, sir. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we may suffer with him, excuse me, if indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. 
For I consider that the suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because of the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groans which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. With, wait, wait, what then shall we say these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is he who condemns. It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also, furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things of present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow, that this, this chapter's got so many incredible... I, I'm, I do want to start with something. Uh, so many incredible parts. I mean, you could take so many sections out here and just right. preach for days and, you know, think for days about what they mean to you. But I think uh, one of the things that people are a little bit confused about is it's talking about the beginning of the chapter saying there's now, he starts out with, with this statement, there's therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Most of the people stop there and go, yeah. Well, there's probably plenty of condemnation in my life because I don't, I don't do everything right, and I don't walk according to the Spirit just right, and I know that I make fleshly decisions sometime, and they go back and forth and deal with that, and then it goes on to say, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from loss and death. So it starts with saying there's no condemnation, 
And then it says you're free from the law of sin and death. And in the middle it says, for those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The problem is most people focus on that walk according to the flesh and not the Spirit. Instead of the two sandwiches, you know, the two parts of it there, that one says there's now no condemnation. The next one says the law of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. And then it says a lot of different things about being carnal or spiritual. Summing it up with uh, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now listen to this. This is the part most people miss. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Come on. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not his. So what he's saying here is if you're born again and you know Jesus, then there's no condemnation. And you're not walking in the flesh. You're walking in the Spirit. Come on. Because of who lives in you, not because of your ability to make a perfect choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or your perfect strength. You're not saved by your perfect strength. You're not saved by your perfect behavior. You're saved by the Spirit of the living God living on the inside of you, and He changes you. And that's why there's no condemnation. Because of who you are on the inside. Is it bad to make bad decisions? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Will it be painful? Absolutely. Yep. As Paul said, I bear the marks of my body. I fell off a machine <laughs> and my whole elbow is black and blue. And then I touched my arm to the chainsaw and got my fried my skin on the on the worst. muffler. Oh, if the you worst. make bad decisions, it's gonna hurt. But you're not gonna become spiritually cast away yeah. because of you are still God's kid and there is no condemnation. You may make some mistakes and they may cost you because sin does bring death, Yep. but not, you're not, you don't become carnal because of a carnal decision any more than you became spiritual just because you, you know, did, went to church one day. Right. You were changed by an act of God on the inside. Come on. And you've been made that way by him. And I think that's a lot of, and that's what people miss when they read this chapter. They get all wrapped up in it. it was for those who yep. walk not according to the flesh. And they think, well, I had ice cream last night. I must be, you know. Well, well they, yeah, they, they're, they're judging their life by their, their how. And honestly, Paul is intentionally not answering the how. He's answering the who. He's saying, this is who you are now in Christ in the spirit. But we're like, well, how do I walk in the spirit? Like, help me with that. But if he would have gave us, well, here's how you walk in the spirit. You wake up every day at 6 a.m. You pray for at least a half hour. Then you, yes. you know, eat. Yeah, we would have right. a whole nother religion on our hands. Yep. All right. He's like, nope. And he leaves it very open ended. And he's not the only guy in the New Testament to do this. James does this as well to us when he goes, hey, Paul's saying he had law of the spirit. But James throws another law. He goes, the law of liberty. And I'm like, well, what's the law? of liberty. You know, you guys are really taking shots at the law of Moses here, you know, and he's saying law of, you know, he he says another law and he a law of the spirit. And it's like, we have to understand that you will never be able to operate in the how as a child of God, if you don't understand the who you are as a child of God. And that's what he's trying to make clear here. And with that expression in Christ, in the spirit, you know, 
really three predominant ways is that unpacked inside inside the scripture and and Jesus God does his best to come out and says hey listen let me help you understand this it's like a husband and wife and God's like I'm the husband you're the wife Christ is the husband church you're the wife so now if the husband wins the lottery doesn't also the wife win the lottery yes and then some people are like we still don't get she it she would so, end up getting most of it <laughs> right sorry <laughs> and then he's like okay some of you still don't understand i get it you know like like cleveland brown fans don't understand and and Uh-oh. he's like he then goes fine i am the vine you are the branch we're in each other you know we're together husband and wife in a covenant together and they're like okay i think we understand still he goes okay so we just don't understand i am the head you are the body we're together that you and christ are together in this story that you're living out right now and that is really where paul is saying man you've got to get this down in you that christ will not leave you like we see at the end of the chapter and and he's actually excited that you guys are together you guys are one Amen. You know, and it, he starts reiterating again when he says in verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Mm-hmm. He's not saying there that because you make a choice. Right. He's talking about the difference between being born again and not being born again. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And then it goes on to say the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You are either. And then it goes on to use another example like you did, David, which are all great examples. Husband, wife, body, head, vine, branches. Then in verse uh, 17, he says, and if children, then heirs, Mm. heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. If we indeed suffer with him, that we might also be glorified together. And then Paul starts talking about the suffering that he experienced had been uh, tiny in comparison to the greatness that he received from God. And that's what's happened. We're born again. You know, I've heard this expression recently, and I'm just going to bring it up because it's come to me a couple of times while we were talking today. You know, Jesus said that, that new wine must be put into new wineskins. And I've used, heard that lately as an expression used for a move of God or, you know, oh, you got to do something different because it's a new, there's new wine out there right now. And so these people have to be new wineskins and stop it. Stop twisting the scripture. Come on. The scripture talks about being born again and that you need to become a new vessel to contain the spirit of God, which is the wine. And the new wine is what was poured out in the new covenant. And we've been in it since Paul and the whole group got, you know, well, even before Paul, when Peter and John and the whole group got, were in that upper room and, and Jesus breathed on them. That's when the new vessels and the new wine started. And yes, there may be seasons in the body of Christ, but don't take these things that are talking about life-changing, born-again events and try to make them into something else that they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine right now. Same here. Mm-hmm. Same here. I, I, I don't like when people—let let me clarify this because I don't want to be whatever, but— God is not all of a sudden waking up to America and being like, you know, I'm going to do something different now. He gave the Holy Spirit, all right, 2,000 years ago, and the Holy Spirit has been 
at a work to draw men unto Jesus. And it is simply our heart's willingness to partner with that Holy Spirit because nothing will stop God. And also on top of that, to reiterate, not just my opinion now, which is flawed and broken, but I'll stand on what the Word of God has to say. The Word of God here in Romans and in Ephesians clearly states that it is God's goodness, it is grace by faith that which we are saved be it that, so that no man may boast, that we are his workmanship, that he has preordained good works for us to walk in. That's Ephesians. And here you look at, uh, he's saying, hey, listen, nothing's going to separate you from my love. I want the whole creation that is groaning because of the brokenness, our bodies groaning because of the brokenness, to know that I am a good and loving father and I am redeeming all of existence. Come on. Listen listen to what it says here. It says, uh, it's talking about how he makes intercession for us, Mm -hmm. for the saints, according to the perfect will of God. And then it says, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God. Come on. To those who are called according to his purpose. This isn't for a special elect group of Christians. This is for the body of Christ. And listen to this. For whom he foreknew... He predestined. He also predestined. Now, many people go, oh, well, you know, that's predestination. No, not. Listen to what it says. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God predestined us to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, am I there yet? No. I'm working out my salvation. But the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in me, and he dwells in you. And that is he that spirit is exactly like Jesus. Yep. Because he is part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It says for to be corn uh, to be com- oh my cor- cor- <laughs> mm. <laughs> that was bad. Let me get that right. He also predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Mm -hmm. Moreover, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, there he also glorified. Do you know what justified means? It's just as if I'd never sinned. Mm -hmm. He wiped your sins away. And he sums that all up with what you were saying, David. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? Come on. And you know what keeps firing up in me? Like, I love that you said about, about, listen, your earthly decision does not does not define you. And and I love to, and I keep going to Ephesians because Romans and Ephesians are too much. Romans is oh, my yeah, favorite they're, book. They're great. But, um, great stuff. And, and he says, you now have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Come on. Saying, hey, listen, the covenant, the contract, the relationship you are now in with God, you have every spiritual blessing. Why? Because you are a co-heir to Christ. My son just turned eight last week. I have another son and two other daughters. They all have everything that is mine is available to them. All right. And God is saying, hey, listen, every spiritual blessing that I have is available to you. Mm-hmm. You are not disqualified because of your past. You are still in this. And he says, but just to make sure we don't have another Adam and Eve garden situation, we're going to lock this in spiritual. We're going to lock this in the heavenly place. Yep. And that means that promise is seated at the right hand of God. And that promise's name is Jesus Christ. That's right. Come on. And we cannot mess this up now. Praise God. Jesus did take the wheel. Yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
And again, locked, hidden. I'll use another word, protected Come on. in Jesus. You know what? We could all give, give away all this stuff if it was all up to us. We could lose it. It could mm-hmm. be, you know, misplaced, misused, misappropriated, miss. Yeah, I don't know. I got <laughs> enough misses in there. Miss, uh, what was the name of that movie? Yeah, Miss Muff. No, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, we could, but Jesus has got this. And it says if he won't spare up his son, and, and who delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? There's nothing he's withholding from you. And then he sums it all up by saying something that we'll come back to in just a minute. Welcome back, everybody. You know, it summed all that part up, and I know we just took a break. We're back, and, and it's going, you know, who's condemns, and, you know, Christ, it is Christ died, and furthermore, also risen, even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. When it says, who is, who is he who condemns, this all started with, there's therefore now no condemnation in Christ. You're not condemned. You know that Isaiah says that, that we will condemn 
that we will judge every word of condemnation that is given towards, given to us. Wow. It's talking about when the Messiah comes. You know what? When I stand here today, I cannot depend on my own innocence or my own works. But I, I could stand if, when I get to heaven's gates, and I almost went there yesterday because I had a bad experience. But anyway, I made it. When I get there to heaven's gates, and I don't know how that'll real be, you know, it's not like the jokes and all that, I'm sure, but however it's going to be, if I'm at the front door, I've got one thing to say and one thing only, and it's Jesus. Yep. Uh, the only reason I'm worthy, the only reason I'm able, the only reason I'm here or ever had a chance at heaven's gates is Jesus. Come on. My, he's my only hope. You know what? That is the only thing that opens the door for your life and stop living condemned because if God is for you, who can be against you? What a great chapter. God bless you, David. Thanks, man. It was really good doing it with you.